Hey everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdBits. On today's AdBits, I'm talking about who can set up a solo 401k. What type of business can set up a solo 401k? So this is a really fun topic. It's an actually a really easy topic uh, to talk about because there are such flexibility and such a wide variety of businesses that are eligible to set up a solo K. So solo Ks, as you all know, I've written two two books specifically on the self-directed solo K. I think it's the best retirement plan for the self-employed for a whole slew of reasons. Number one, you can put away the most money, 58,000 or 64,500 if you're over 50. You can borrow up to $50,000 or 50% of your account value, whatever's less, and use that for any purpose. You are the trustee, so you can do traditional investments like stocks and also alternative assets like real estate. You can open the 401k at a local bank. It's great for asset and creditor protection. Under bankruptcy law, 401ks are protected unlimited. And outside of bankruptcy, most states will protect your 401k assets from creditors. Also, if you're a real estate investor, you're able to use non-recourse leverage loan and supercharge your real estate returns without triggering a tax known as unrelated business taxable income or UBTI, which applies to a self-directed IRA investment and which can go as high as 37%. So there's lots of advantages to set up a solo K versus a SEP IRA. So who can do it? Well, guess what? Good news. Any business can set up a solo K, a sole proprietorship. What's a sole proprietorship? It's basically anyone who has a business, can be any business. If you don't have an entity, you automatically default to being a sole proprietor. A sole proprietor can do a DBA. So Adam Bergman could sell comics on eBay and I can go and create a doing business as, call it, Upper East Side Comics, or I can just go by Adam Bergman. I file a Schedule C on my 1040, and I'm in business. And again, you don't need to be Apple. You don't need to be Google. You don't need to be Tesla. The business doesn't technically even have to have revenues. There needs to be the anticipation of revenues. Okay, so it just can't be a hobby. So if you are in a situation, for example, where you're developing software or doing an app, the IRS understands that it's going to take some time to generate revenues and activity. But after two, three, or four years, if on your Schedule C, all you show are deductions and no revenue, there could be some potential audit risk because the IRS may feel that, hey, you're just running up deductions here with no intention of ever starting a business. And the IRS can try to take the argument it's a hobby and not really a business. But it's generally the smell test. You know if you're in business, right? Besides trying to go out and buy cell, buy cell phones and get an email address and get business cards, 
you know, what are you doing? Are you trying to get customers? Are you building a product? You're developing a service, uh, developing a widget. Um, so, you know, it, it's not that hard to do. So you need to either be in business or not. If you're not in business, that's okay. You just can't set up a solo K. So again, you don't need to be profitable. You don't need 20 million in revenue. You just need the anticipation of revenue and you just can't have any full-time employees other than you, a spouse, since a spouse is not deemed an employee or other partners. So in other words, you can't have no, or you can't have any non-owner employees that work more than a thousand hours or two consecutive years of 500 hours. Okay. So once you satisfy those two requirements, you're a business and you have no full-time employees other than yourself, a spouse or other co-owners, you can set up a solo plan. You can be a sole proprietor, a single member LC, a partnership, a C-Corp, an S-Corp, a charity, anything. doesn't matter. As long as you have a business and you're US-based, you can do it. You can't If you're in Puerto Rico or in Paris or in Lebanon or in Dubai, you're not going to be able to do a solo K. So it needs to be a US-based business. Okay. So you need to have some US-based income since so it's a US retirement plan. And you can be a sole proprietor, you can be a single member LC, you can be a partnership, a C Corp, S Corp, doesn't matter. The only distinction is you may have to report your contributions, especially your employer contributions, differently. So if you're a single member LLC or sole proprietor, you're going to report your employer contributions right on a schedule one. Okay, which goes on your 1040. Okay, if you're a dub, if you're a W two employee of a C or S corp, the 1120 or 1120S will report the employer contributions since it's a company deduction. You'll report your individual employee deferrals always on Schedule One, but your employer contributions will go on either the the 1120 or 1120S or the schedule. Uh, on your 1040. So that's really the only difference. Other than that, you you can be any type of entity. So it's a simple um, ad bits today, not super complicated. The most complex area I would think of eligibility and who can set up a solo is making sure you have a business. I think people can generally understand the, the thousand hour, 500 hour thresholds, two consecutive years. If you have non-employees, meaning you just hire 1099s, you know, to do website work or, or whatever, that's cool. Those are not employees. Don't have to do those thousand hour, 500 hour calculations. It's only for people that you have control over that you are actually employing. Um, the biggest trick is generally in the control group, which is um, a ad bits that I'll do shortly. That's the most complex area of eligibility because basically if you have two businesses, business A and business B that you both control, one has 10 employees, one has zero. Obviously what a lot of people like to do is they set up a solo plan for business B where they have just themselves and then maybe their spouse and they basically are just providing themselves benefit and not their 10 employees because it's cheaper, right? If you have 10 employees, generally you have to offer some benefits, whether it's a 3% match minimum to get into a safe harbor or, or spend money doing complex ERISA testing. It's much easier clearly to do it yourself, right? You can put in the same money, the 19.5 or the 26,000 if you're over 50, but you don't have to spend a lot of money testing. And 
cheaper to admin and you can do the profit sharing of 20 or 25% where all that money goes to you and 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 that's obviously you know more beneficial. So the con controlled area, control group rules and affiliated service rules are are the only difficult areas once you're looking at eligibility. Um, but for these purposes, again, just all you need to remember is if you have a business, no full-time employees, thousand hours or two consecutive years of 500 and don't worry about anything else because it's, you can set up the plan, whether you're a sole proprietor, single member LLC, partnership, C or S. Again, the main difference is how you report the contributions, the profit sharing specifically. And one other thing I should note <coughs> is that for employer contributions, if you're a single member LLC or a sole proprietor, it's 20% max of your comp. If you're W-2, it's 25% of your comp. And that also includes guaranteed payments on a partnership or 1065 taxpayer, multiple member LLC. So again, single member LLC, Schedule C, you can do 19.5 or 26,000 plus 20% of your comp. So for example, under 50 years old, sole proprietor makes 40 grand. That person can do 19.5 plus approximately 20% of 40, another eight, 27.5. If that same individual earned a W-2 from their S-Corp, that they were the sole owner, no full-time employees other than themselves or a other spouse or a other non-owner or other owner, I should say, they can do 40,000 times 25%. So they can do 10,000 plus the 19.5. So uh, a little bit of a wrinkle. The reason is if you look at the instructions on Schedule C, it's without getting into too much detail, it's about making the benefits and not double dipping on how the 20% is, is uh, calculated. So you can't get that deduction twice. So that's why it's 25 versus 20. Uh, if you want more details, you can go into the instructions on, um, on the publica IRS publication and you could um, you know, learn more about it, but essentially that's the reason. So other than the, um, reporting and the contribution employer contribution max of 20 or 25%, it really doesn't matter. Um, again, if you're a sole proprietor, single member LLC or W2 taxpayer. So, and by the way, that's publication 590. If you're interested in just learning more about why W-2 employees get the 25% max and sole proprietor single member LLCs get the 20% max on the employer contribution. But um, there you go. I hope, uh, I always say this and I'll leave, I'll leave you guys with this, that if I could, I put every single one of my clients in a solo K over a, over a self-directed IRA. Why? For all the reasons I mentioned, the high contributions, right? Six or 7,000 in an IRA. You can go 58 or 64,500. You got the loan feature. You get the bonus of the non-recourse leverage, no UBTI tax in a solo, easy admin. You can do traditional investments, also alternative assets and better creditor asset protection than IRAs. IRAs do not get unlimited protection in bankruptcy um, and, and states generally offer 401ks somewhat better creditor protection outside of bankruptcy. And again, that's state specific. So you'd have to check out you know, your state of residence. Um, there you have it. That is today's episode of AdBits. What type of business can set up a solo 401k? Appreciate all the support. Thank you for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're doing that on YouTube, subscribe if you haven't. It's a weekly podcast and I promise um, I'll do my best to um, help educate you and make you the smartest and best 
self-directed retirement investor you can. Um, and also don't forget to check out Ad Mail, another weekly podcast that we'll go through three of the best questions of the week from employee, from, um, I can say employee, sure, and also clients and non-clients that I receive um, through email or online. And also, of course, Adam Talks, which is um, you know, a podcast I've been doing for a bunch of years, probably done about 270 episodes. And, and that's obviously probably my most popular podcast and, and podcast I'm most proud about. And you'll get a tax attorney's take on various investment tax retirement topics. So definitely uh, check it out. Also, just wanted to uh, make sure um, everyone stays safe, stay healthy. And I look forward to talking to everyone again next week. So take care.